0: Hello, welcome to Tales from the Aubrey, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Hello, everyone. We are here today with Jenny. Hello, everyone. And we will be discussing Mayor Robert H. McCune and his involvement in the Great Railroad Strike of 1877. This is a major part of Scranton's history. Um, Mayor Robert McCune was a mayor of Scranton. And we discovered a series of documents in the collection here at the Scranton Public Library that seemed to be his correspondence throughout the entire event. Mm. So we went through all of those. We have them transcribed, and we digitized them. So Where did you find them? They were in the fire cabinet Ooh. in that's, the admin office.
1: That's a neat discovery. Okay.
0: Yes, it was a collection of his papers, and then edith carr henry carr's wife a collection of her documents documenting her ancestry
1: what so that's super cool yeah that's cool
0: it was fun so he has his own little folder now and Mm -hmm. his own little box upstairs in local history i had done this as a series of posts on the library website yes before are like kind of in that awkward stage where we're kind of open but not open yeah for after the pandemic mm, okay happened. okay so how long ago did you find these uh it was in the months when we were closed to the public but yeah. open so it would have been 2020 oh okay yeah awesome probably may i want to say because i feel like that's when we came back and mm. we were Going through everything and trying yeah. to find projects to yeah. do. Yeah, so that was a
1: perfect find. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Yeah, it's also when we got started with the mugshots that i uh, do episodes I loved on. Loved the mugshots um, and our collection of maps and blueprints. Trying yeah. to get those organized. Those were all COVID era mm. projects. To give a little background on Mayor McCune, before coming mayor, he went to California during the Gold Rush. He was in the Battle of Antietam during the Civil War and was appointed as a U.S. Commissioner. In 1875, he was elected Mayor of Scranton and is most known for his role in the Great Railroad Strike. Many of the documents in that folder are telegrams and letters that were sent to him asking for help or giving him updates. Mm. There are other ones in there that are personal correspondence, um, because he was part of a pioneers association that mm. was based in New York City. Okay. So they wrote him letters. Um, sometimes his friends wrote to him. There's a variety, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Going through all that stuff, I'm sure it was so interesting. Yeah.
0: So the Great Railroad Strike. The main cause was economic. During the Civil War, the railroads had become a major industry in the United States. Many companies were able to grow businesses, expand, and employ a large number of people, and it provided a reliable and stable source of income during that time. The industry started to decline in the early 1870s when a series of economic problems began to affect the United States as a whole. This resulted from property damage. During the Chicago and Boston fires, different world events occurring and the switch to the gold standard. And a significant drop in bank reserves due to that switch had occurred. It was also the time of the Panic of 1873, which started in 1873 and then lasted until 1879. So it's known as the Long Depression. The railroad strikes began in West Virginia, where the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad cut wages by 10%, which that was the second cut to wages Mm. that had occurred within eight months. And railroad companies cited the economic crisis as a reason. On July 16th of 1877, the poorly paid workers decided to strike and stop trains from leaving the B&O station. They quickly inspired others across the country to follow suit, and most notably, our section of the United States in Pittsburgh, where the National Guard and federal troops were utilized to end the strikes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Locally, in addition to the railroad workers' wages being cut, mine workers' wages were also cut. In 1874, they were reduced by 10%, and in 1876, they were reduced by 15%. Oh, and those had smaller strikes, but nothing really came of it on a massive scale. Okay. Because the railroad and the coal workers in the area are so close in terms of you need the railroads to transport the coal. You need the coal and for the railroad. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It just created a situation where things were not good. Yeah. Yeah. And July 23rd of 1877, workers of the Delaware, Lackawanna, and Western Railroad Company and Lackawanna Iron and Coal Company both walked off their jobs Hmm. due to the most recent cut in wages. And that caused almost every industry in the city to go to a standstill. Meetings between workers and company managers start to happen. The workers wanted a raise in wages and the railroad and coal companies refused so the strikes would then go on through a period of unrest and violence through october and this is the main section of time that mayor mccune was involved in okay before i go through mayor mccune's papers and letters i thought it would be helpful to give some backgrounds of the major figures he corresponded with absolutely yeah um Many of them are veterans of the Civil War or prominent businessmen from the history of Scranton. So the first person I wanted to mention was General Robert Morton Britton. And General Britton was the commander of the 1st Division of the National Guard in Philadelphia. During the Great Railroad Strike, he was sent from Pittsburgh to Scranton to impose martial law on the city. He brought with him about 3,000 troops. Wow. There's also Governor... John Frederick Hartranft, and he was born in North Hanover Township. He briefly worked for rotor companies. He also was involved in real estate and the Pennsylvania militia. During the Civil War, Hartranft was involved in the Battle of Antietam, Battle of Fredericksburg, Battle of Vicksburg, and more. He was then appointed the commanding officer of the Old Capitol Prison and provost marshal during the trial of the Lincoln Assassination Conspirators. Wow. In terms of Pennsylvania government, he served as the Auditor General before being elected governor in 1872. During the right railroad strike, he oversaw the organization of local militias to help quiet strikers. And then when he retired from being governor, he was the U.S. Postmaster and Port Collector of Philadelphia. And then he also commanded the Pennsylvania National Guard. He died in January of eighteen
1: seventy
0: nine. Mm. There's also General Edwin Sylvanus Osborne, and he was a native of Bethany, Pennsylvania. He moved to northeastern Pennsylvania to practice law in Wilkes-Barre. In eighteen seventy he was appointed to Major General of the National Guard, the third division of Pennsylvania, after he was honorably discharged from the Union Army and after his involvement in the railroad Strikes, he was an elected Republican congressman and continues to practice law in Wilkes-Barre and is buried in Arlington. Mm. There's Ezra H. Ripple. He was another one of Scranton's mayors. He was born in Machonk, Pennsylvania, and during the Civil War, he spent three months in Andersonville Prison before being transferred to Florence Stockade. He managed to escape the prison and then was honorably discharged in 1865. He worked in the crockery business and was a partner of the William Connell and Company. During the Great Railroad Strike, he was elected captain of the Citizens' Corps and served as colonel when the corps was reorganized into a regiment of the Pennsylvania National Guard. He became treasurer of Lackawanna County in 1879 and then mayor of Scranton in 1886. And he died in November of 1909. Sounds like an interesting fellow. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I know his escape from Andersonville involved the fact that he could play violin. So oh. he was, like, allowed out to provide, like, so moral support. So yes. he escaped when he was, like, on his way to where they were making him go play violin. Fiddling. Yeah. Mm. Um, he gave a presentation about it at NCK mm. when it was the Greenridge Library.
1: Love it. And then
0: the final person is William Walker Scranton. And he was born in Augusta, Georgia, but moved to Scranton in 1847. He was the manager of Lackawanna Iron and Coal Company, and he managed the company through the Great Railroad Strike of 1877. He also allowed the Scranton Citizens Corps to store their arms in buildings he owned in the city. After the strikes, he founded Scranton Steel Company and became the manager of Scranton Gas and Water. He is buried in Dunmore Cemetery. Wow. So those are the major figures that (laughs) go through. There's an interesting lot. Quite a few. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense that most of them were veterans of the Civil War. Sure. Yeah. Just because of the time period. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mayor McCune's papers relate to the Great Railroad Strike of 1877 began on July 25th of 1877. And this is a proclamation issued by Mayor McCune in a telegram from the governor. During this time, railway workers and miners continued to strike and make demands for the increase of wages. Leaders of the industry, including William R. Stores of Delaware, Lackawanna and Western Railroad and William Walker Scranton. Refused to do this, citing the ongoing economic troubles resulting from the Panic of eighteen seventy three. Citizens of Scranton began to worry that family members vacationing elsewhere would not be able to return home due to the railway
1: strikes. Oh, because yeah, the trains weren't issue. running,
0: so people can't
1: come They're back. Stranded, yeah, from and just, yeah, yeah. And they just couldn't come back in general. There was no way to get here. Mm-hmm.
0: For local officials, the fact that troops who had been previously protecting the city had been ordered to different parts of Pennsylvania to help quiet the strikes happening there caused them anxiety. This situation, mixed with a lack of communication, would lead to violence and unrest in the coming days in Scranton. Mm. So Mayor McCune's proclamation that we have in our collection proclaims that any location that sold liquor needed to close down because he believed that a lack of alcohol would help deter strikers from turning violent. What? Yes. So. Well, there's your first problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anywhere that sold alcohol, you were shut down. Oh, yeah, that's a sure way to really... But then people don't have places to go either. Mm, yeah. I, I can see the logic on both sides. Most definitely, yeah. Yes,
1: absolutely. But I can see how... Things got ugly. Yeah.
0: By 4 p.m. on July 25th, Mayor McCune secured support for the city in the form of General Edwin Sylvanus Osborne and the 3rd Division of the National Guard through communication with the governor. The next day, July 26th of 1877, focused primarily on the anticipating clashes between strikers and the military presence in Scranton since they had arrived. It was a relatively calm day and is reflected in Mayor McCune's papers through a telegram to Governor Hartranft and a letter from the Central Railroad Company of New Jersey. Mayor McCune proposed a special police group that would later be renamed the Scranton Citizens Corps to help respond to the strikes. In order to sign up for the newly created police force, a citizen was required to be a businessman, be willing to defend the city, and keep the group a secret from other members of the community. Many people who were notified of its creation and asked to join believed that such measures might further in- or incite violence, and refused to join. By the end of the day, however, 116 men had signed up for it. Um, Ezra H. Ripple, who would be the future mayor, was elected captain of the newly formed group. So it was a mix of like secret society mm-hmm. and, yeah. And then during this, Mayor McCune contacted Governor Hartranft to let him know that troops would not be necessary in the city for that day. The potential property damage caused by the railroad strike continued to weigh on the minds of those in the city. Mayor McCune received a letter from the Central Railroad Company of New Jersey, stating that the city was responsible for any damage, violence, or injuries resulting from the strikes in Scranton. Similar letters would be issued from other railroad and coal companies throughout the day.
1: And so they had to compensate for any kind of tax. Yeah,
0: the companies said that the city had to pay for it. Mm -hmm. On July 27th, Mayor McCune met with the Brotherhood of Trainmen to discuss a potential return to work. Railway workers, firemen, brakemen, and mill workers accepted a return to work agreement for their wages before the most recent cut. The miners who worked for the coal companies refused these terms and continued to strike. Those still participating in the strike issued threats of violence against the railroad companies, coal companies, and those who chose to return to work. With these fears in mind, the Scranton Citizens Corps obtained permission from General Osborne to obtain arms. Minor acts by strikers included turning off pumps to prevent flooding in the mines and just general threats. Mayor McCune sent telegrams requesting assistance to Governor Hartramp but he was not able to help at that time. Um, I believe this is the one that literally says can do nothing for you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mayor McKeon's documents on July 30th of 1877 show a conflicting account of the day. Many people believed that the situation would remain peaceful, but a letter received by an anonymous source threatened to set fires at local coal mines in the coming days. Oh, that'll get yep. your
1: attention. Yeah, very <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> much so. hmm
0: Many of the workers remained on strike, but some employees of the Delaware, Lackawanna, and Western Railroad returned to work. This gave hope to many citizens who began to hold meetings in order to pass motions and resolutions against the creation of a special police force by Mayor McCune. Although the day remained peaceful, the anonymous letter claiming that fires would be intentionally set at mine shafts in the area was left in the engine room of staple and fancy dry goods, hosiery, notions, and etc which was a store that was located on Main Street in Scranton. Mm. In communications between Mayor McCune and John Johnson, the chairman of the Committee of Miners and Laborers, it is determined that that was a false threat. The only item that exists from August 1st in Mayor McCune's documents is a telegram from Governor Hartranth informing the mayor that reinforcements would be in the city soon. The lack of documents is potentially the result of it being the most eventful day of the strike, so no one really had time to write letters Mm -hmm. or send any information back and forth. Mm -hmm. During the morning hours, a group of a few thousand workers began to assemble near the Silk Works in the south side of Scranton. A letter allegedly signed by William Walker Scranton, threatening to cut workers' wages to 35 cents a day, soon made its rounds throughout the group. Already angry at other wage cuts, the strikers split into two groups. One was marching for Lackawanna Iron and Coal Works, which was managed by Scranton, while the other group moved towards the Delaware, Lackawanna, and Western Railroad shops downtown. Mary McCune, who had initially thought the gathering was more for peaceful talks, <laughs> alerted Scranton Simpson's Corps before meeting the group himself. He was able to briefly stop the progression of the group of strikers moving downtown in the intersection of Lackawanna and Washington Avenues. Aided by Father Dunn, who was a priest at St. Vincent Cathedral, McCune was able to calm the crowd for a brief moment before he was attacked himself by one of the strikers, who hit him on the head with a club. Oh. Yeah, so. So he was sorely mistaken. Yes, and he was also injured. Mm Mm-hmm. By the time the citizens' corps arrived on the scene, the mayor and Father Dunn had already been attacked. Mayor McCune would give the order for the corps to fire upon the crowd, which had previously declared him dead. Yeah, no, because, like, he was hit on the head, and then he fell. Well, yeah, you would think. And so they thought he was dead. Sure. And so they started, like, calling out, the mayor's dead. Mm Hmm but he was oh my hard.
1: gosh that had to be can you imagine see
0: complete and utter chaos and that's the
1: corner of
0: like where the mall
1: mm-hmm. is now mm-hmm.
0: it's where you come like if you're going into
1: the, like the mall parking garage, garage. yeah after so you drive past that's the north Lake, washington yeah north washington lackawanna yeah like, that's where alexander's is
0: okay yes, there's a plaque there now Discussing Is this. Oh, yeah, that's one of the, cool. the blue Pennsylvania historical markers. What? Oh, that's awesome. After about three minutes, the shooting stopped and the strikers dispersed, leaving four. Wait, there were
1: shootings? I thought there yes. were just clubs. Where, where no. did the guns come from? Mayor McCune ordered the Citizens' Corps to start uh, firing on oh, the crowd. Okay.
0: When the strikers dispersed, there were four people dead and many more wounded. The exact numbers of the wounded are unknown due to the strikers' fears of being fired for confessing to being part of the strike. Mm. Um, I do have the names of the people who were murdered. It's just a little bit further along. It started to be announced in the paper. Due to his injuries, Mayor McCune did not write any correspondence or send any telegrams on August 2nd of 1877. The 1st Division of the National Guard under the command of General Britton, a company of National Guard under the command of Major Hyde Copper, and Governor Hartranft arrived in Scranton on that morning. The city was put under martial law and people began to question if the previous day's events were an actual riot or if the Scranton Citizens Corps were too quick to fire upon the crowd. Mm. There are two letters in the paper announcing the arrival of General Branton and the National Guard. Both letters contain instructions and suggestions about how the city should proceed. Word of Mayor McCune's injuries began to circulate throughout the city and to his friends in other parts of the country. In Scranton, rumors that he had been killed circulated and would persist for many more days. In a letter written on August 2, 1877, Rodman Price, the former governor of New Jersey, explained his opinions on the strikes, actions that can be taken, and Mayor McCune's injuries. In the aftermath of events of August 1st, Alderman Patrick Mahon issued warrants against 22 members of the Scranton Citizens' Corps. The group, which included William Walker Scranton, Ezra Ripple, and Wharton Dixon, were charged with the willful murder of Charles Dunleavy, Stephen Phillips, Patrick Langan, and Patrick Lane. When the arrest warrants were carried out on August 8th, General Hyde Copper sent troops to protect the men from being taken from their homes. A newspaper article from the Scranton Republican reported on the events on the morning of August 9th. On August 10th, the men were released on $3,000 bail to await their trial on November 26th of 1877. Only six members of the Scranton Citizens Corps would appear at the trial, which was held in Wilkes-Barre, because Lackawanna County was not yet formed, so we were still Mm, part of Luzerne. Oh, okay, okay. Everyone who was arrested on the charge of willful murder was found not guilty due to the belief that the men had reacted in a heroic way when faced with the riot. Although the events of August 1st through August 9th were the height of the activity surrounding the railroad strike. Unrest would continue. Strikers continued to threaten destruction of property or to harm those who returned to work until their demands were met. The military presence in the city shifted from trying to calm the strikers to actively protecting those that were working in their workplaces. Mm. Multiple letters found in Mayor McCain's documents show the continued strikes and fear of violence. During the prolonged unease of the strikes, citizens of Scranton decided to create a permanent military presence in the city. The Scranton City Guard was composed of over 100 men from the city that would help keep it safe and peaceful. To house the guard, the Scranton Watrous Armory was constructed, and that would not be finished until January 31st of 1878. Mm. After weeks of unrest, the strikes in Scranton finally came to an end on October 16th of 1877. The miners agreed to return to work without any victories. Their wages would continue to be the reduced rate that had originally resulted in striking. By November, the city would no longer have presence of troops from the state or federal level. Mayor Robert H. McCune led Scranton through the Great Railroad Strike of 1877 without the aid of federal troops. It was the only instance of this happening in Pennsylvania. The importance of having a center of government close to Scranton area was demonstrated through these strikes and the events that had occurred. And this is what led to the final push for the area to separate itself from Luzerne County. So on August 13th of 1878, Lackawanna County was formed. What? That's cool. Yeah, so it was directly like... Mm. The Scranton City Guard would be transformed into the 13th Regiment of the Pennsylvania National Guard during the summer of 1878. Today, the regiment still exists as the 109th Infantry Regiment. It has been involved in every conflict the United States has participated in since its creation, including the Spanish-American War and the both World Wars. That's cool. During the election of 1878, Terrence V. Powerly was elected mayor under the Greenback Labor Party. The strikers had used motivation from the strikes in order to vote the leader of the Knights of Labor in an effort to better their situation. The Knights of Labor were influential in demanding the creation of an eight-hour workday, but they also advocated for the end of child labor, a reformed income tax system, and companies operating under a cooperative. Mary McCune would die of tuberculosis on October 11, 1894, while visiting his sister in Newburgh, New York. He would be transported back to the area to be buried in Forest Hill Cemetery in Dunmore. Governor Ramp would go on to be employed as a U.S. Postmaster and Port Collector of Philadelphia and the commander of the Pennsylvania National Guard. He would die in 1879. General Edwin Osborne was an elected Republican Congressman and continued to practice
1: law and is buried in Arlington National Cemetery. So I'm sure that Miss um, Norma over at Forest Hill, she's probably got a ton of cool things yes. too. So, did she? Yeah. Is she ha- did she bring anything over to display? Not to display. Um, she did
0: bring a few things over for me to look at. If you're interested in seeing these documents and learning more and putting names to faces and what the letters looked like, I will be presenting a program on this. On August 24th at 6 p.m. Feel free to come to the program. You can sign up on our website at albright.org under the calendar of events or you can call the library at 570-348-3000 or feel free to email me. Do you have any thoughts?
1: No, but it's very interesting. You pass these places every day and, you know, it's just mundane, you know, n- normal Tuesday afternoon, but to think about what really went down in that mm-hmm. area, it's it's really interesting. It's cool. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also shows how Scranton
1: has a major role
0: in a lot of national events. absolutely Even yes. though I think we don't tend to think about it. No. Because we just think,
1: eh, Scranton, whatever. Yeah. But, but like... <laughs> No, Scranton was the hub. Yes. yeah, it Metro. Was, yes. Yes. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. the railroad strike and yeah. Mayor McCune.
1: This is uh, fun. Thank yes. you. Uh,
0: if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or would like to sign up for the program, feel free to email me at aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Or call the library at the number I previously mentioned to ask any questions or
1: sign up for the program.